0: You're listening to Modded. Today's episode, we have Christian Terrell who drives a Mazda RX-7 FC. So the first thing that I wanted to ask from you is to give a little bit of an explanation of like the FC chassis code versus the FD, because a lot of people I think that listening are mostly coming from the Subaru community,
1: so they don't uh, have an, okay. a lot of Mazda
0: experience. Yeah. So, yeah. what was the year? I mean, what are the years of the FC?
1: Uh, I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, it would be 1986 to 91 with like a rare late model 92, like that they only made a, a thousand of or something, you know? So, uh, definitely like, um, yeah, probably like 86 91 is what most people would say.
0: And one of the things that people asked me was, what made you choose the FC model versus the later model, the FD? Like, how did it all start for you?
1: Uh, Well, I guess it started um, with my initial jump into, like, you know, I guess what you would call tuner cars or, you know, modified cars. Uh, Basically, I was buying a bunch of, like, cash cars because, you know, I was a broke kid and uh, that's all I could afford. And I got tired of just, like, kept buying, like, you know, water pumps and timing belts and, you know, heads and whatever, and stuff just kept breaking, and I hated it. Um, And so, finally, it clicked, and I realized, you know, why am I spending a bunch of money on a car that I hate when I could just get a car that I like and I don't really mind? And then that started, like, this whole, like, rabbit hole, I guess.
0: What were some of the cars that you had before
1: that? Um, Before the FC... Uh, well, my first car was a 1976 International Scout 2 that um, my dad actually built when uh, like, I was like five years old at my grandparents' house. And he took like three different Scouts and, you know, got the best parts, like took it off the frame. And like there's a picture somewhere of him like with a rope pulley on a tree, like lifting the body off of it. Oh yeah, like <laughs> it's, it's pretty trippy. Um, and so that was my first car. He gave it to me. And... Um, that's what kind of like taught me to work on cars because he didn't believe in mechanics and uh, he's just like I'll buy you the part but you got to fix it you know and it being an older car little things you know would break here and there and you'd um, get me the part and I would fix it you know um, so that was my first one um, and that was actually when I was living up in Oregon um, I'm from Houston but I bounced back and forth because half my family's up there half's down here um, so when I was initially moving back down here, which I haven't left, I, I guess the initial move down here, um, I left the scout and I bought a 96 Kia Sophia, like for, for what a terrible car. No, no, but like I got it at a, at an auction for a, a $300, you know, and yeah. it ran and drove and it actually drove me from Portland, Oregon down here to Houston, Texas, oh, man and to and from work for like six months and back and forth to Austin like every week. Um, That thing, it was actually, it was not a bad car, dude. You know, it wasn't a bad car. (laughs) I think,
0: I mean, when you first get a car and you're able to be mobile, Mm -hmm. you have a whole new like perspective on things and you love that thing to death because like you're absolutely 100% on the road and you can Mm -hmm. go wherever you want, don't have to worry about asking anybody for rides but that Kia Sophia reminds me of like like I mean you say it's good but I had a real crappy 91 Geo Prism was oh, yeah. my first car and that was like specifically my dad bought me that car for high school and it was like blue and rust like were the two colors on my mm-hmm. car and the headliner was all torn up like someone had taken a okay. knife to it and before I started driving it around my dad asked me like if I wanted to paint it and obviously needed paint so we took it to Los Angeles when I was in California at the time. And there are so many like different cheap paint and tire shops or whatever in LA. Uh, yeah. And we, he painted it. Well, the guy wanted like 500 bucks. No body work. Just like straight yeah. shooting on top.
1: It's single stage. Single like stage, that. whatever. Like you're <laughs> going to
0: take it. And I picked a pewter with a lot of uh, silver flake in it. Mm-hmm. But my dad was like, let me get it. Let me get that for 450 to cover the cost of gas. He's like, "All right, whatever, 450 bucks." And we had that car painted, and I put like five spoke. They were Acer wheels, mm-hmm. and then I'd managed to change out the speakers, and like I was cruising. Yeah. I was the shit in that car. Yeah, oh, I loved man. it so much.
1: Yeah, man. Um, but so, like, I guess uh, that car. It was it was fun because it was, I guess, my first. Um, front wheel drive manual car and like to be so unexpected um, but it was actually kind of like my ticket so um, when I came down here I ended up selling it for 600 so not only did it get me across the country and back and forth to work for like forever but I ended up making a profit on it Um, so I used that and at the time my older brother was breaking up with his girlfriend but for some reason he was letting him keep his 2001 Toyota Corolla. And I was like, dude, why are you doing that? Like, I need a car. I'm your little brother, you know, yeah. like hook me up, you know? And uh, he actually did. And it didn't take very long for uh, this bug to like start, you know, like, I guess getting at me where I'm like, man, like, you know, because it started like tick and I was just like, man, I, I don't want to deal with these cars. And um, I forget what it was exactly, but something like drove me into older Corollas. And so I ended up finding this um, 1981 Corolla SR5, like, liftback. And I ended up trading my 2001 for an 81. And everyone around me thought I was insane, you know, for, like, trading in their their car with AC for this, like, um, I mean, the car was in great condition, you know? Like, it was slow, though. You know, it was the the original 3TC engine. Um, It was beefed up a little bit with, like, I guess if you could call that 45 DCOE, like uh, Weber carbs, but I can never keep those things tuned right. And it was just a pain. Um, but that car um, is when I kind of started getting into like drifting, you know, and um, i liked that whole aspect um, and like the whole culture behind it, because to me, it was so reminiscent of skateboarding because uh, I grew up skateboarding, you know, and, um, it was just like this, this perfect, like kind of, um, weird, like, you know, able to express yourself, but like in a, a I guess counter kind of way, you know, and, um, it always kind of spoke to me. So I, that's the whole reason why I wanted to get, you know, the 81 cause I was like, well, whatever it's rear wheel drive and it's manual, you know? So that's already like what I need. Um, <laughs> but, um, I would always like, I didn't know anybody here. I didn't know anyone in the scene. I was actually, I think I was on like Zylvia, like forums and stuff like mm-hmm. looking for like meets or things to do and like, um, you know, I ended up just like cruising the streets a lot by myself and just like finding like little areas to practice and like, uh, <laughs> what sucked though is, um, I can never get that thing to slide because it was just so underpowered, you know. I would be coming down, um, you know, like freeway exits and you know coming to like a right turn and then like throwing it in third gear and you know just like hitting it and i'd get a little you know you little know bump yeah yeah but like yeah. nothing serious. just like the youtube
0: videos that you see of the guys drifting through the exit man <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah
1: and um what's crazy is like you know so i i, I got caught up into all of this and uh it was actually i stopped at a valero with the car and no one ever knew what kind of car it was like, just from looking at it, um, mm-hmm. because it's kind of like one of those, um, I guess, like off-model Corollas that people don't usually modify, you know? Um, and everyone always thought it was like a Starlet or like, you know, some weird like mini Charger or something, because it had like a very boxy front end. Mm-hmm. Um, but one day, some Puerto Rican guy came up to me and was just like, hey man, nice Corolla! And uh, I was like, whoa, finally, like, thank you. You're the first person to like actually know what this car is. And he's like, Yeah, man, no, that's really nice. It's really nice. Like, uh, you know what we do down in Puerto Rico with those is uh we throw a rotary in it. It's like rotary you know, like what are you talking about? You throw a rotary in a corolla? Yeah, man, that's what? A, yeah, well like now, you know, in hindsight, I'm like that's all they do down there, dude. They're rotary wizards. Like it's it's like this weird how did
0: that come about because that seems just like an oddball place where you're doing rotary
1: swaps honestly i have no idea it's like this weird mystery that like puerto rico is just like flooded with like old like rx7s and like they are like master homebrew technicians you know like that build really fast cars that's crazy yeah and so um when he told me that i like instantly like was intrigued and um so I went home and I just started like reading like everything that I could about rotary, you know. Um and part of my personality is uh when I get really interested in something, I go on like a binge of like information gathering, you know, like sometimes I'll uh, stay up like all night, you know, and just like read like anything that I can, you know, and I'll like get sucked into this wormhole. And usually if I'm still interested in it after I get out of that wormhole, then it's something that like, you know, I can really excel in. Uh and yeah, I just kind of get rid of the rotary bug after that. So um, I started looking at like, you know, what can I do to swap this? You know, like what, what's it going to take? Mm-hmm. You know, and it started, you know, looking like, oh, you're going to need eight, like 88.6, like subframes. And, you know, like it's, it's a huge extensive thing. And at that point, I think I was like 18 and I wasn't really like that skilled, but I wasn't skilled. But I'll just cut it like plane to drive was not skilled at like None working on us. Cars. Yeah.
0: I don't know who like all these kids I think there were kids in high school that just knew so much more about engines and things like that. And I was like, i know I think it wasn't even until I was in like my mid twenties that I started to even get a better perspective of like how the car works and like everything that you mm-hmm. could really do to it. But like everyone starts with, with something. But it helps when you have someone who's guiding you through it, like when you have what people call OGs, like the original mixes yeah, and modifying, yeah. right? Because if not, in a, lot of, in a lot of ways you're lost and you're stuck making a lot of mistakes. That could have been the yeah. easily avoided if there was one or two dudes that just like was like, hey man, no, that's, nope, no way.
1: Well, it's funny that, like, that you say that because um, what I ended up deciding was, you know, I was, I was doing all this reading about Rotaries and RX-7s and I was just like, man, why don't I just get an RX-7, you know? Uh, (laughs) like why not you know like that would just totally be way easier I'd sell this car go get an RX-7 because I'm obviously really interested in this so like you know I want to figure it out right because everyone's scared of it it's unique it's kind of an oddball not many people know that much about it which is what attracted me to it you know Um, so I was looking around at RX-7s and um, I actually couldn't quite discern like like because i'd never seen an rx7 in person right so i was like looking at all these pictures and stuff and like i loved the fc body right but i would see pictures of the interior of the fd right and i had like this cockpit like surround you mm-hmm. know i totally thought i was gonna get that buying an fc <laughs> and like i was like you know uh sorely mistaken but you know it, it wasn't you know a deal breaker so i ended up uh Yeah, like, I guess that's just what I could afford, you know, so I sold the Corolla. I went up to San Antonio and bought a um, naturally aspirated 1988 uh, GXL, and that car was awesome. I love that thing. Uh, (laughs) uh, Actually, the first night that I drove it back from San Antonio after buying it, I... um, was going to work a graveyard because uh, I guess like at that time when I was working, I was just strictly doing graveyards, so I drove up to San Antonio, got the car in the day, drove back, and then was driving to work I for some reason was like well you know let's let's see how you know like what a rotary does right, and so I just like dumped the clutch at um, at a light and um took this left turn but uh I kind of uh, spun out into the curb because I wasn't used to this big power jump, even though it's not that big, you know, an NA rotary, but like mm-hmm. from a, a probably 75 horsepower Corolla to like, you know, even a close to two, you know, like it was a big jump for me. Uh, <laughs> so it, it totally got away from me. And um, I learned my first like very valuable lesson of not underestimating power, you know, and um, taking your time to get used to something before, Mm -hmm. you know, you try to test your limits. Uh, So I actually lucked out um, because, well, I didn't luck out. I ended up breaking the wheel that hit the curb, um, the rotor, the hub, spindle, lower ball joint, and basically like the knuckle, like everything that the wheel connected to. Um, And I think it was the uh, driver's side front wheel. And um, at the time there was this place here in Houston called like Moz Mart or Moz Max or I forget I get them confused because they're both like different Mazda like used parts places but one used to be a local and one's like a website. Um, I ended up just walking in there because like there was only like Mazda like used parts place I could find like looking up stuff on the internet. And they ended up having that entire assembly for $80 and they're like yeah you know 80 bucks whatever. And so I was like, okay,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, it was, it was, um, like at the time, you know, I wasn't really, but yeah, no, like $80 is ridiculous. Cause nowadays, like you cannot find that no for, that way. for like, me
0: to replace everything that you just listed out. Yeah. It'd be a yeah. thousand
1: easily. Yeah, man. Like I, I totally lucked out. Um, so I ended up getting that FC back on the road, uh, like the next day. You know I ended up calling out of work so you know I was in a car accident uh, and then I spent the entire next day getting the car fixed to like be able to get to work the next day, um, which turns out from that point would be a very regular thing to <laughs> to keep going as i uh, ventured down this path um, eventually that car ended up i ended up totaling it because um I was giving my friend a ride and I was um in like missouri city and they have these uh basic basically like highways but there's not like you know guardrails or like entrances or anything it's just like a flat piece of road that everyone drives like 60 miles an hour on but people can you know cut in at any time Mm -hmm. right yeah not legally you know and they're supposed to watch for traffic and everything but basically um someone tried to jump in front and take a left to get on you know to the other side while i'm going 60 and um you know, 1988 car, no ABS, nothing like I slam on the brakes because it was just like right in front of me and I didn't really have time to pump or like anything. And I just lock up and go straight into them. And when they heard my brakes lock, they locked their brakes like they panicked and then brake. But if they would have just kept going, like we would have been good, you know. Uh, <laughs> and that ended up being like this, uh, this pretty gnarly like wreck that totaled my car, but luckily it happened right in front of a bank and there was a like an officer like that was there you know like uh, as private you know private duty yeah um, did you
0: come out okay from it did you get hurt at all
1: yeah like i hit my knees on the dash and like had a bruise from seatbelt but like nothing really you know but like the front end got smashed up in the car and uh, uh i was more bummed out about that you know <laughs> and so um Luckily, you know, there was an officer that witnessed, like, the whole thing happen, and so it was, you know, easily seen in my favor that, you know, it wasn't, like, my fault, you know, so I ended up getting, like, a pretty nice insurance check from that, and um, still in my novency of, um, like, knowing about FCs at that time is all I knew is, because, you know, like, as I, as I had an NA for a while, um, and I started, like, learning more and more things, and you know, I realized, okay, I don't want an NA, I want a turbo one, you know, and then looking into all th- all the things that involve a turbo swap, you know, it's just worth it to just get a turbo car, mm-hmm. you know, um, so that was kind of like a blessing in disguise, because I started, um, I got the insurance check, and I started looking for a new RX-7, and I didn't know about Series 4 and Series 5, and Series 5 having the iconic, like, round tail lights, and Series 4 having, like, these like kind of straight line, like almost like Fox body Mustang-esque, you know, kind of mm-hmm. tail lights. Personally, I, I hate, I, I can't stand them. Um, I know a lot of like purists are, are not going to like that, but, um, and especially how popular S5 tail lights are now, like people are starting to go back and um, I, I'm just not a big fan of them. And uh, because I was looking for an 88 cause I just wanted my same car back, but turbo, um, that's an actually S4. And uh, I was kind of bummed out because, um, you know, I was looking for cars and none of them had these round tail lights. And I was like, man, why is it, you know, like what's going on? And um, I ended up coming across two 10th anniversary um, Turbo RX-7s for sale, right? And because I was looking up the year 1988 by coincidence, just because that's what I had before. And... um, I ended up getting one of those two cars, and it was a guy. I think he was also in San Antonio. It's weird. Okay, there's a lot of I guess FCS in San Antonio, um, but I found out that tenth uh, anniversaries are actually pretty rare, and they only made fifteen hundred of them. And so I kind of lucked out in a way that, like, okay, cool. I got this like really like awesome like you know starting platform. And uh, that's the car that I have now. Um, I did have like a lot of other like cars that I tried to you know get as dailies, like Miatas, and had an RX-8 for a while. But uh, since that initial wreck, you know, or whatever, and I got the 88, that's the same car that I've been building since.
0: Was it hard for you to let go of that old 81
1: Corolla that you had there? You know, it wasn't at the time, but man, hindsight, like is 2020 like oh my god i miss that car so much so when i look up pictures of it um man that car was just beautiful it was a great cruiser you know um i'm sure uh my old lady jojo would um love to cruise to the beach in a car like that because uh the fc can get pretty hot
0: yeah no definitely you don't have ac right yeah no but, then again, your engine bay is beautiful, so then, that's the kind of... Oh, thank process. you. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I remember when you first came out with that, you and the Gush from Final Form did a lot of work to get that thing looking as clean as it does now. So it's definitely, definitely nice. But it's funny that you bring up the thing about the interior that you wanted, that cockpit-like style mm-hmm. that's coming from the FD, because you know Lino, and he has... He had both an F C and he has the F D, right? But he says he loved the F C interior so much more than the (laughs) F D because there's a whole lot more room. There is. There is there's so much. A whole lot more room in that F C and I think the quality of the parts that are in the F C are better than are in the F D. That's from his point of view.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I have heard there's a lot of problems with, like, I guess, like, map lids and the doors and the mm-hmm. door handles and certain things. Especially
0: like, the door handles, because he says how much those are to replace them. I mean, like, $400 to replace yeah, the door they're Yeah, they're ridiculous, yeah.
1: And, um, what do you call it, um, when I was, uh, I, you know, well, I guess with FC interiors, like, m- most of the things you'll come across is, like, cracked and bubbling dashes. Um, and like missing defroster vents and because uh, like over, over time those like plastic pieces get really brittle and just break. I guess Mazda um, is pretty good at that.
0: I guess so. But then again, we're in Texas too and everything just like seems to dry up so much yeah. quicker.
1: Yeah, I, I guess I would rather deal with a brittle plastic than a rust. Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, was it your, uh, you said your grandpa was the one that was working on cars that he had that? Um, no, it was actually my dad? dad. Yeah, my dad. He's, was he the one that taught you how to drive stick?
1: Uh, yeah, he, he was. Like, like, how
0: hard was that? Because I think a lot of us remember our dad. So my dad taught me how to drive stick. And I was like, oh, my God, I can just remember the experience. <laughs> Even worse so for my yeah. sister, because I think he had less patience with her than mm-hmm. he did with me.
1: You know, I think I caught on to it pretty quick because of the way that he explained it. And um, the way that he told me is like, hey, look, like you've had a five-speed a five bike before, right? So look at your engine, like your actual energy force that you're giving as a person. So you can only exert so much energy, right? Like you can only go like so hard and you can only do it for so long or else like you're exacerbated, right? So think of it like when you're in first gear on a bike, it takes a bit more like, you know, um, muscle to get going, but you get going like at a quicker, at a quicker pace. And then as you go up a gear it makes it easier to pedal but you're still maintaining the same speed so if you look at it like you and yourself is the engine and the gears is just shifting you know that's basically what it how you know a car works and uh yeah it made sense you know
0: i think it's a whole lot better explanation than my dad gave me because i think we had it was his 1990 toyota pickup and it was just called a toyota pickup right and uh there's a dual dual shifter to go switch into like oh a, yeah four wheel yeah, drive yeah. drive mm-hmm. right and he's just like all right and i was like all right what I was like we'll go I was like well i don't know how to go i like <laughs> what do you mean I'm, this is my first time behind the wheel of yeah. a manual car and he was like yeah we'll just i assume you knew like a little bit more I was like what do you mean like if i knew how to do it i wouldn't be in this position but
1: yeah the old uh
0: trial by fire <laughs> yeah it's yeah. like when they push you into the pool to yeah. learn how to swim yeah but i don't think you can really do that with a manual yeah car. no, no. What was the first thing that you did on the RX-7,
1: mm, I guess uh, to, mo- to modify it? Okay, um, well I guess with this one in particular, the first thing that I did was, uh, I think I painted it because it had this uh pretty god-awful like two-tone, it was like half white and then the lower half was a uh, like metallic glittered blue. Um, and, I mean, I drove around with the car like that for a while, but I ended up, like, washing it one day with a pressure washer, and, like, all the, like, big chunks of the paint just flew off. De-laminated. From only the delaminated. Yeah, it just delaminated. And, uh, um, yeah, I was forced to paint the car at that point because I started getting super paranoid, like, oh, man, like, what's going to happen? Is it going to rust, you know? And uh, <laughs> so I ended up, yeah, just painting it all white. And that was probably... Okay, so right after I painted the car and it was one color, it was looking beautiful. Um, shortly after that, I got into a little wreck and there was like front end damage to my car. So me and a bunch, this is when I had like finally started making friends because I found out about the local rotary group and uh, that they had like, you know, monthly meets and um, I had made a couple friends and particularly this one guy, uh, Ben, who became like my OG, like mentor, you know, even though like we're the same age, we're just kind of like, read a bunch of stuff together and figure it out together. Like, oh, no, this makes sense. This makes sense, you know. Um, And yeah, like, um, we actually went to Harbor Freight and uh, got some, some like, ratchets, you know, Um, and ended up hooking the car up. You know, to like some poles and like, you know, my apartment complex and like sort of just ratcheting the front end out, you know. You bending
0: just, out the front end. Yeah, oh yeah. So
1: God. like we, uh, we, we super like ghetto um, on the street, like pulled out the front end. And uh, that's what started the long, let's say, ratchet period of my car, uh, <laughs> which is a fitting term now that, you know, without explanation. But uh, I ended up yeah, like messing up kind of the front end and uh, pushing in the bumper and uh, denting the hood and stuff. And uh, one of the headlights wouldn't align correctly anymore. And so, so I was really bummed out about that. Um, but I ended up from that getting like uh, started. I started collecting like S5 parts, you know, because S5 bumper looked a little bit better and, you know, all this stuff. So um, I put an S5 bumper on it, uh, got a new hood. Um and then I plastic dipped the car <laughs> to, to make it all all match, um, which never do bad outside plastic dip with rattle cans from Home Depot. It is the worst stuff I ever dude. Oh. like because when I actually decided to get serious and get that stuff off, like it was a nightmare. It took months.:
0: I think Houston has a lot of bad plastic dip going on mm-hmm. and I don't know what it is if it's just this city and I notice it more but man it is everywhere
1: that you look man well like it was like really hot then too like everyone was like plastic dip and stuff yeah. you know and it was just like hanging out with the guys and it's just like uh, like yeah man why don't we just go to Home Depot like, you know whatever right and uh, <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> oh well I think it's like maybe people see plastic dip as just like the, the greatest thing ever invented that yeah. you can just paint Mm-hmm. But I remember the first time I saw someone like Classy dip their roof, and uh, they were so, so like, just like, oh yeah, man, it looks so great. And I go over and take a look, and you see the obvious like lines of them going back and yeah. forth. I was like, oh, there's a shot there, and there's a shot there. And yeah.
1: Like, oh, yeah. So, like, I guess um, without embarrassing myself too much in this whole ratchet phase, uh, the car ended up progressively looking worse, I think. Oh, wait, no, actually. No, I'm jumping ahead. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, no, uh, the car was, like, you know, S5 bumper. You know, I replaced all those parts. It was Plasti-Dipped. Um, and then my turbo started going out. So my buddy Ben um, hooked me up at some guy's, like, garage, and he let me, like, rent my car or rent space there or whatever. And so, like, we swapped out the turbo and all this and that. And, like, we were good. Um, and uh, around that time, it was like, when I was really starting to come around, when there was like Rice or Wednesday meets and stuff like that. And um, I was at that time in the Houston scene because like I was started just like just going to everything because I didn't yeah. know anybody, you know, so I just went to everything. And well,
0: why don't you give people a breakdown of, of Rice or Wednesday because there's a lot of people that are not familiar with the Houston scene and they don't know about Rice or Wednesday and what that was like oh, back man. in the day.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, Rice or Wednesday was this really. Um, Man, like I, I, can't even believe like how it really just blew up because um, it started out as uh, Mayday Garages, um, kind of like. Well, did it start out as that? I don't know. Either because I know like Chan was doing Rice for Wednesdays for a little bit, but like I don't know if like whatever. But the, the Rice for Wednesday that everybody knows is the Rice Box Rice for Wednesday, which uh, Mayday's. Um, I guess like a owner would be John P. He also owns Rice Box and um, like I guess as a way to like have like you know the guys come out and like have fun you know they just kind of started making it Wednesdays Um, and at first it was like you know a few people or whatever you know some nice cars and stuff and then people started figuring out about it and like joining it along with like um, different cruises and people would like you know all crews to go there and it like every week just got bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where it was just utterly insane because it was this tiny like um, it was like a veterinary like um parking lot. And there was only like he had to get there really early to get a good spot, you know, like really early and you had to just sit there because once it got packed, you weren't leaving like because people would start parking in like every different like get in where you fit in like park like sardines like um there was actually like some crazy like like maneuvering just to get people out sometimes you know and um yeah no it it really outgrew its location well
0: didn't a couple people get their cars wrecked or someone like I think I remember someone got rear-ended with their car being parked just because it was, I mean, it was, like, on Westheimer. Oh,
1: okay, so I, I guess I'm kind of, like, mis... Like, <laughs> all right, so the meet got so big that um, people just started parking on Westheimer, like, just literally just parking in a lane of traffic, and um, if you're not familiar with that part of Houston and Montrose, Westheimer goes down to, like, this really windy, like, four-lane street, but... The, you know, like the lanes are really narrow, and it's uh, dude. I I don't even.
0: Drive. I think two cars barely fit in the two cars should
1: not but fit no, in there. It no. is the worst, especially not in like like that um that turn that's like by cats and stuff. Oh like, yeah, dude, yeah, that's that's oh, no, uh, bad. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, like so then it started this thing to where like eventually both sides of the street like got congested, like Westheimer, which is a major street in Houston like, got congested down to two lanes, like, at, you know, five, six o'clock, like, traffic, when, like, everyone's coming home. So like, heavy traffic. Dude, heavy, but, it like, you just see all these, like, tuners and all these, like, ricers all come out, and, like, everyone was cool, and, like, you know, it was, like, this, this really, like, golden era of, like, the, the Houston scene, like, it, yeah, it was, it was a really good time. I think that was, like, what, like, 2014? Yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. Was, I remember hearing
0: good. about it yeah, when I first moved to Houston, and how big that was. But then I started hearing like, if you don't get there early, there's no, yeah. there's no chance. There's no like chance. That, yeah. yeah, you're just yeah.
1: gonna be one of the guys that just like cruises up and mm-hmm. down the street. You and know, that's what the uh,
0: the week fest meet ends up being too. Yeah, if you don't get there early. Yeah, no, nope.
1: no, that's it. No way. Just make your rounds, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like um, I remember it like really. Going down like multiple blocks and like spilling into the side streets, and then it, it just really got out of hand to the point where it was just like, okay, like you know, we can't do this anymore, and um, which ended up progressing to uh, John getting his own like um, actually like brick and mortar spot where I think it still like goes down like you know over there, but um, I haven't been over in like a little bit of time, so like, especially on a Wednesday, you know, like, works, works crazy, so.
0: Yeah, but some people, some people have the belief that, like, well, you know, the entrance to that place is awful. Oh, yeah, no, no, No. I totally, like, and it's almost like it's intentional to keep the low cars and keep everybody else, of course, it's still, it's his business, right, yeah, Yeah, so, but I think it's because everybody misses what that used to be, and we all want to kind of keep that going.
1: You know, it's like, there's some, like, parts of the scene that, like, it's good to just reflect on and if you're a part of it, like, you know, like, it's, you're part of something special, but, you know, there's always something, like, new to move forward to, you know, because just because something ends doesn't mean that something new and better might not pop up, you know, um, especially when you look at just, like, you know, modifiers like, um in general like through you know like even the past like 18 years you know from 2000 to now like how mm-hmm. much it's changed and how much it's grown and like you know if you were back then and like the Fast and Furious heyday you know and you're like man it can't get better than this and yeah. you know like yeah yeah that, but you remember
0: man you remember those body kits I
1: do God. I do uh, like the Shogun kits yeah like the, you see them you're like <laughs> what what era like what were we thinking Dude, oh you know God. You know, funny you bring that up, actually, uh, for nostalgic reasons, actually just got uh, Need... No, wait. doesn't No. I got Midnight Club. And, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like...
0: Um, <laughs> who, who didn't play, like, Need for Speed
1: Underground, too? Dude, who did, every, everybody. Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah. yeah, you had to. Yeah, man. Good times.
0: Uh, is there anything that's going on right now, in your opinion, that, like, rubs you the wrong way, that you don't like, that you see... And maybe it's because, I, I mean, there's a Subaru mm. community and I'm not as familiar with the Mazda community. Mm. But is there anything that you see where you're just like, man, that, it's something that oh. I don't necessarily agree with or
1: I don't like? Man, so like for the majority, the Mazda community is like kind of terrible. Or no, not the Mazda community. Let me, let me not do that because I don't know about like the Speed 3 guys and the Speed 6 guys, mm. you know, like uh, or the well, Miata guys are dope. You know, like I used to have Miata, you know, like Miata are super dope um
0: everybody still says they're highly underrated oh, regardless yeah, Regardless, great, and some people hate the way they look let me tell you Man, but I it's got a great car
1: i got a na um 91 miata that was like side swiped for 800 bucks and it was the most fun car like oh, i had yeah. a long time but uh, but yeah no um yeah um <laughs> uh, dude i totally forgot like what i was talking about so we're talking about I the tangent. the
0: maza community i've heard yeah. stuff and this is just so, like through saying of uh, even there's, there's there are like purists of, and then there's all this yeah. kind of stuff yeah
1: so there's a lot of like different kinds of rx7 people but like the majority of them like i i don't know how the rx7 community was back in the day because i hear like great things you know of like all these like OGs that like you know like really pioneered like a lot of stuff but like nowadays it's just like shit talking and like drama and like you know you're whack because you got this part you know or like something or like yeah god like there's there's a whole like rx7 page like called the rx7 argument group that they <laughs> literally all they do is blame each other all day every day oh, yeah. like and anybody they can that's in like the, the community. Wait is that a Facebook
0: group or on the yeah, forum? It's a Facebook group Oh yeah
1: man. yeah man it's a closed group and uh yeah yeah a lot of stuff goes down in that um but I guess you could you could break down like the majority of RX7 people to like purists like or I, I guess you could break it down to this there's there's the OEM guys you know there's the OEM Plus guys, you know, it's like, you know, a little like roof spoiler, you know, coil over some wheels, you know, like front lip, keep it simple, keep it nice, you know, um, And then, or at least for FC guys, I'm sorry, I don't, I can't speak for RX-7 as a whole, but like for FC guys, what I see, the Pierce OEM, OEM Plus, and then um, Drifters, that's, that's basically most of. The RX. 7. Oh, and then there's the swap guys. You know, mm-hmm. the um, the LS swap guys, or like the whatever. Like, I'm just gonna prove rotaries like not reliable, and so I'm gonna swap something else in it.
0: Is it reliable though? Are there? Come on.
1: Okay, so if you like know me and how I drive normally, I drive the piss out of the car every single time that I drive it. Like, every single time. Um, yes this isn't my original motor um but <laughs> i don't
0: know of someone who still has their original motor
1: yeah yeah well it's not even the same like engine or motor that i had when i bought the car like um i actually ended up trying to build on my buddy ben that i was talking about earlier mm. uh that didn't work out very well because uh, <laughs> yeah we're just you know people trying to do something we don't know that much about clearances and you know like how things have to be within like thousandths of an inch to you know like that, yeah it's flew over our heads um and we were trying to do like just some ridiculous bridgeport build you know yeah um but yeah so i don't count that one um i ended up you know getting a engine built professionally by um, uh, rotary performance in garland texas um they are like Texas's like trusted guys they've been there for like 30 years you know Um, I basically took them three engines and I was like I fix this for me like I'm sorry you know (laughs) and uh, it cost a lot of money um, but like I guess over the span of like a year or two because um, you know like they're always really booked up and like you know you have to basically wait your turn in line Um, I've actually been on that engine for I guess going on three years now and um, actually just like compression tested it not that like maybe a month ago and it's still reading pretty healthy so considering how I drive the car that like the first year of that engine like I was daily driving it um, and still driving like an asshole. Yeah, no, it's still holding strong. It's actually like out of the group of guys that, um, you know, I'm with with Final Form so far, you know, crossing my fingers, knock on wood. um, It has been the most reliable out of all of them. Um, Even when we went up to like New Jersey, like I had no hiccups with the car like whatsoever. It's just.
0: Well, let me ask you about that. Well, for one, how did you come to meet the guys from, I guess you could say, you can, or you want to call them a team, a team of Final yeah, Forum, yeah. right? Yeah,
1: we're, we're, we're a team, we're a group of friends, yeah. you know, like, at this point, like, we're more like family. Um, we've helped each other through a lot of different hurdles and, like, have grown each other to, like, where we are now. And, um, like, I really wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the help of these guys. And also, my supportive girlfriend, because she helped me like focus like when i 'm not with the guys, yeah. so how did you guys meet um, funny enough funny story um, so I met John P at Whole Foods uh, because I work for Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, this entire like build and process and everything I've worked for Whole Foods the entire time, so I work at a grocery store um, but I saw like John P and I didn't know who he was and I knew what Mayday was at the time and this was back when I had the Corolla. Oh wait, no, no, no. I had an FC. I I had an FC. Um, And I saw John P wearing a Mayday Garage shirt and I only knew about Mayday from the internet and I was like, oh man, like these guys like always cover like really cool stuff. Like this is when like Speed Hunters was also like kind of like getting like big and stuff and like. Um, they were just like to me just like another automotive like journalism like feed that was just you know like really quality stuff um, I was like oh man that's sweet like you know like you know about them or whatever and he's like yeah man like I like you know like, basically like <laughs> yeah, I know a little bit saying, I know yeah. a little
0: bit about it not too much
1: yeah and so um, I was like oh man that's like so awesome like are you guys like from Houston or what they're like yeah and, you know like we're all like based out of Houston stuff so I was like dude that is Awesome, like mind blown. Like I'm in a really cool city. Then you know, like let me keep doing this. And he's like, oh yeah, you know. And I guess like maybe like he didn't he liked the approach or something. And so he asked me, you know, like what kind of car that I drive. You know, because I think I was like I was young. You know, maybe 19. You know, maybe 20. No, I was probably 20 or so. Yeah. Um, And so he asked me what I drove. And at that time, I was like one of the only like, or actually, I was the only No, there was another one or two guys, but I was one of the only, like, turbo uh, rotary FCs on the road in Houston, like, regularly driving around, and, you know.
0: And I still don't see many of them. No, no,
1: not at all. Um, You never really see them, yeah. Um, But, yeah, no, I told him I I drove an FC, and, um, you know, he, like, gave me a brief talk about uh, legacy builds, you know, and that... um, everybody deserves their legacy build. The one car that they feel so strongly to that you go all out with and you never get, you know, like that, he gave me like a really good, like summary of that. And he's like, you know, if you ever have like questions about like RX-7 stuff or, um, you know, like fitment or anything like, like wheel fitment and like stuff like that, um, you need to talk to this guy. And he gave me, um, David's Instagram and um, that was was a while ago Uh, That was when he was in like he wasn't even in Texas at the time and I just reached out to him and I was like hey you know like John P gave me your info Um, you know like I also drive you know an RX-7 and um, you know he told me like hit you up and stuff and he was really cool and like warming and stuff you know and I still didn't like really know him. Um, it wasn't until like I regularly was showing up to Rice Box a lot. And, um, I guess, um, the moment that like, they kind of like, I guess started warming up to me was, um, I had overheard them one time, uh, Kim saying that like he needed a, uh, Dremel for like some, something, you know, I think it was, maybe it was for something for, uh, I forgot exactly what it was, but I was just like, hey, man, I got one in the car, like, you can totally just borrow it, dude, like, whatever, you know. They're like, what, you know, and I actually found out about the story, like, you know, way later, but uh, they were saying that that was, like, the first time that they, like, really were, like, man, who is this guy that, like, you know, is really just openly, like, willing to just let us borrow, like, their tool like that, you know, and, um, like, we could be anyone, and, like, not give it back, but he's just trusting that, you know, we'll give it back the next Rice and Wednesday. And uh, that kind of like opened it up, you know, uh, but a lot of time has elapsed since that and, um, and the guys with Final Form. So.
0: Well, John P. mentioned something about legacy builds, so like what does that mean to you? Because I, I think it's, it's about leaving something that I guess some people will remember you by or making something like is this going to be the thing that you think people will remember you by?
1: Yeah, um I don't I don't think I really like interpreted it like that way. I think I more so interpreted it as like this is like your um like your masterpiece, you know? Like this is like your um creative like highlight, mm-hmm. I guess.
0: Um I think it's like in classical music, like Beethoven's fifth or like yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. final like this is what you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um because you know, like of course like I want to build other cars, but like I'm more focused on getting this to like exactly like the vision that I have in my head, you know, like it will become a reality mm-hmm. and I'll you know do whatever to make that happen. So
0: what do you think you you put all of your effort into it? Like I guess what what does a car mean to you?
1: So the what it's evolved into really is um so when I was when I talked about like growing up skateboarding and stuff um that was always like my like I guess that and like painting and stuff was always like my artistic outlet um I like always needed something to kind of let like you know aggression out while still getting like an adrenaline adrenaline fix and um, still being able to express my creativity and like do what I want, you know? Uh, <laughs> so it went from that to evolving that kind of into the same, like, um, like same way into cars, you know, like, um, I ended up breaking my wrist like three times and having to get like surgery. Um, so, after that, like, I wasn't able to, like, skate as hard as I used to because, you know, I got older, I need to get a job or keep a job and not be on, like, medical leave and, you know, because I got bills to pay and, yeah. So um, I was like, hey, well, this is a, a I guess, safer um, way to, you know, like, I guess, let out my my creativity. Um, and I kind of just honed in on it.
0: So this is, like, your means of artistic expression now
1: most definitely yeah because like um i'm right hand dominant and that's the wrist that i broke multiple times so i can't really like paint or like draw or like do anything the same way but i still have like the vision in my in my head you know so i just try to apply it like different ways that i can
0: i guess um before we kind of close it out what's the what do you think is like one of the biggest lessons that you've learned in doing this, that, or that the car has taught you?
1: Man, um, really you get what you put into it. I mean, um, I really didn't get serious, like really serious until about like a couple years ago when um, like David, and uh, David really, like from Final Form, really like gave me like a sit down and was like, Hey, like, what are your goals for this car? Like, what do you want to do with this? Um, And I I told him, you know, and and he's like, okay, well, like, realistically, like, how do you think you can get to that point, you know? And um, I was like, dude, honestly, I have no idea. I don't know how, like, any of these people, like, afford stuff. Like, I'm just, like, I work at a grocery store. Like, I can't, you know, like, I don't know if they got, like, mom and dad that, you know, that because I don't have that, like, I'm on my own, you know, like, I'm, you know, taking care of two little cats, like, you know, (laughs) Um, and so, he's like, no, man, like, you can do it, like, anyone can do it, so, let's sit down, and he basically was like, you know, what do you do, like, do you eat out a lot, you know, and um, I was like, yeah, you know, I might eat out, like, you know, like, a couple times a week, or whatever, and he basically, like, broke down things, like, in a way that was, like, anybody can achieve the goals that they want because you just basically summarize the things that you want to get done you set that as a goal you set a timeline for that goal and then you look at the things that you can sacrifice to meet that like for the like New Jersey like um when I came out for that um I ended up barely making that goal and I quit smoking for like it Six months or so, like I stopped eating out. My old lady was like, Jolene, she um, <laughs> she really was awesome and put up with like us not going out on dates for a while and like really just being homebodies. And you know, basically, like the general lesson is like, you know, anybody can do this with any type of budget. Um, it's just a matter of like, what are you willing to put into it? You know, what are you going to sacrifice to really achieve like what you want and how important it is to you
0: i think that's a great lesson to share with people a good way to close out so i appreciate you doing this man we'll definitely yeah. have to do more yeah man. more yeah. of this because i'd love to hear more about the trip yeah the yeah for sure. For, sure. Dude, for sure definitely thanks definitely. for doing it man yeah of course
1: it. yeah thanks dude